Blog Talk Radio. And thank you guys for tuning in to our Oscar Sunday edition of Cinema Noir. I am, again, I'm Candace, and I am joined by my co host, Kimberly Renee. Happy Sunday, Kim. Happy, Happy Sunday. Sunday. Yes, Oscar Sunday. <laughs> uh, so, we thank you guys for making the adjustment in your schedules. I know we typically do 6 p.m. Eastern, and we are doing it a little bit earlier so that we can catch the pre-Oscar bash, and when we mean that, we, we just mean to say looking at the Oscar gowns and Oscar fashion on the red carpet, which begins at 6 o'clock on E. So that ex- kind of explains the earlier uh, time schedule for Cinema Noir today. So without further ado, we're going to get right into it. So we end right on time. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, an exclusive interview sh- um, the Academy President Cheryl Boone Isaacs gave to Ebony.com, where she's basically just talking about, um, you know, Oscars so white and what the Oscars are doing or what the Academy is doing to combat a serious issue um, regarding diversity. Um, Then we're going to follow that up with um, our look ahead at the upcoming films for this year and do a little kind of a diversity report card since, you know, there's been a lot of conversation about diversity, um, not not just within the context of Oscars, but just in Hollywood in general and not just this year, but all the time. So we just want to look ahead and see what we can expect and see what what, you know, diverse films or films of color are coming out this year that we can um, look forward to. So we're going to start um, with the, and I'm going to tweet this to you guys so that you guys can see it. Um, it's the interview that Sharon Isaacs gave to Ebony.com. I'm going to send that to you right now. Hold on. Um... Anyway, um, anyway, so I just tweeted that to you guys so you guys can see that and follow along with what our discussion is. Um, so essentially, you know, they talk about, I think we had previously talked about when she was appointed um, president of the academy and we were all, you know, thinking about, oh, what, um, what does that mean for the academy? What does that mean for diversity? What does that mean for people of color within the academy and people of color who are, you know, just looking for representation, not just within the Oscars, but just in the Hollywood slate of films. Um, so mm-hmm. she, I, I just, I just find her um, response, her, her responses have just generally been interesting to me. They're very, you know, like I, I'm aware, aware that this is an issue. We're doing everything we can to, you know, alleviate it, yada, 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 things like that. So I don't, um, it, it's a very, you know, PR answer. I just, I'm always thinking, okay, what, you know, what are they, what, how are they going to combat it? What, like how, why is it so difficult? Why is it just this year that they're responding to it? And, and I feel like why respond to something after it's after like I don't understand why they had to be confronted with this this issue to understand that it was an issue that mm-hmm. is very disturbing to me um, right. because that's something that they should have already been aware of prior to her appointment as um, president and so you know I think there's that angle to approach when it comes to um, how she has been approaching the situation or approaching the issue. 
particularly, um, you know, the viral hashtag Oscars for White has been really aggressive. I mean, people have been really um, viably outraged about it. And I, I constantly say it's not just this year, it's, it's, it's every year. Um, so I guess I just wanted to hear your thoughts on it. I know, um, Kim, you had a chance to read it. So what did you think? Um, well, yeah, I kind of, on one hand, I kind of understand she's in, like, this really difficult position because she's, like, mm-hmm. the face of, you know, we don't really know who these hundreds of uh, white dudes are who are voting. You know, we know her. We see her face. She's the one out there, and it's like, you know, um, she's in, you know, the, the face of this organization, but she really is just you know, kind of one, one vote, so she can't completely change it on her own. But then again, you're looking at her like, but come on, sister, like, you know what's up. You tell your people what's up. Like, why do you have to have a hashtag to, um, like you said, to kind of address it? Like, you knew what it was the day before Oscar so white happened, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do feel like Mm -hmm. he is in this um, kind of odd position, and we are in a very tough position. With that being said, you know, they have talked about these initiatives that they're trying to start and, how their goal is to be more inclusive and, you know, by 2020 they plan to have all these people of color and all these women and all this other stuff. I feel like mm-hmm. 2020, I mean, it's only four years away, but that seems like kind of a long time because all you really have to do is add more people. <laughs> like, it's not, yeah. not really rocket science. So say you yeah. add 25 people a year, how about now you just add 100 and make sure that a significant number of those are, you know, people of color and women and not just a bunch of more old white dudes, you know? Right. So it seems so simple to me. So I guess my mm-hmm. thing is I just don't understand why it's so hard to try to change it. Mm-hmm. And you applaud them for making efforts, although it is while people are, you know, yelling in their face and hashtagging and, you know, boycotting and being very fed up. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, they get a point for trying, but like you said, it's like a little bit not too late, but mm, seriously, now now you really mm-hmm. want to, you know, make a change. And also why mm-hmm. is it taking so long still? Like just add the people. Like it's not that hard. <laughs> um, I think maybe last week Ava DuVernay was on Twitter, you know, talking about all these women and people of color that she has working on her so and she was like, you know, mm-hmm. it's really not that hard. You just hire them. <laughs> That's all you mm-hmm. have to do. Find mm-hmm. them and hire them. And there's no shortage. They're out there. They're doing work. So you can't be like, I don't see any people of color. Where are all the people of color? <laughs> no, they're mm-hmm. there. You know, you just have to make an effort to kind of, you know, add them to the process, let them have a voice, give them a say at the table, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's very strange. But yeah, her um interview was, was interesting because, you know, she talks about that and they talk about kind of the backlash that they received for trying to be more diverse because people think they're going to lose their vote and all this other stuff. And that's like, so that's the backlash that you all address right now and not the backlash of not having any, you know, people of color or women in there in the mm-hmm. first place, which is also quite interesting. So, yeah, it, it was um. <clears throat> Like, I see what they're trying to do. I see what she's trying to do, and I respect that it's an awkward position. But still, it's just like, you know, you're kind of side-eyeing the whole time, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, just to piggyback off of what you had just said, I, it's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. It's literally just, um, you know, nominating the people who deserve to be nominated and not excluding the people who deserve to be nominated. So the uh, so I, I don't I don't know what the the difficulty is, what the challenge is, like it's like it's rocket science, like they have to go into the lab and rethink their whole system. No, their whole system should already be based on merit. So if they actually implement their original strategy then that should eliminate this blatant racism that is constantly embedded within the Hollywood system. That's it. It's wow. Like I've already, I, I don't, I'm not even the president of the Academy and I've already solved the problem. <laughs> like, right. like, so that's what I'm just not buying this whole like difficult and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I'm just not buying that. Um, yeah. But, and it's also interesting. I want to, 
it's similar but not but not directly related to this interview, but I've been seeing a lot lately that I guess certain minority groups are saying are are giving the impression that Oscar so white is excluding like Latinos and um Asian minority groups and so which is interesting to me and I, I it it's yeah, it's interesting because I think what's happened is that people, when they think of diversity and think of inclusion, they think specifically about black people. You need, you want mm-hmm. diversity, let's hire a bunch of black people. That's fantastic, but that's not diversity because that's not really showing the, the, the realist, like society as it is genuinely, um, which right. includes other minority groups. So what the media has turned this into a black-white issue and that has skewed the perceptions of, I think it has skewed the perceptions of these various other um, equally um, ignored minority groups. Um, and so that, that's something that I've, I've noticed, like, over the last 48 hours. I've seen a lot of conversation about that, like, well, what about us? What about us? And, and I'm, I'm just hoping that as a media community we can come to the understanding that this is not just a black-white issue. This is an, a non-white issue. This is everyone who is non-white. And if we want to even dig deeper, this is everyone who is, like, not male. <laughs> so right, it, it's exactly. very, like, Hollywood is extremely, extremely narrow-minded. So to so we need to just make sure that this, this is a much larger issue than black and white. Mm-hmm. And that's one that I don't really understand other than, you know, just the media trying to kind of, you know, divert the attention from what the real issue is. Because the hashtag is Oscar is so white, not the Oscars not so black, you know? It's not <laughs> right, right, just about right. black people. Like, everything is not just black and white, which I feel like, like you said, they try to make it that way. But um, we've talked about it before. If you think we have it bad, talk to mm. some Asian actors or Asian directors. or You know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy. Yeah. And so the fact that they're trying to just make it, well, you know, it's a black-white thing. It's really not like that at all. I feel like mm. we've talked about it a hundred of times. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. it's a bunch of old white men and everyone else. Because if mm-hmm. you look at the directing, they're all men. You know, how many uh, best director nominations have gone to women, period? Two, three, yeah. maybe. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's been no, somebody mentioned this the other day, there's been no female um, cinematographers ever awarded, ever. Wow. Um, which That's is crazy. crazy. All right. Um, like in and 2016, the we're last... still having these conversations about, you know, the first or whatever, or the fact that right. we have none ever nominated. In 2016, like 2016. It's it totally is bizarre. Yeah. I mean, yeah. um, the only Latina actress who's won um, Academy Award in the supporting role has been Rita Moreno that was 100 years ago <laughs> like it's just <laughs> right. it's just ridiculous so like she won for West Side Story did that when did that come that was what in the 60s like 1960 I think it was in the 60s okay. yeah this is crazy <laughs> it's just right. like and we don't get Latino stories we don't get Asian stories god forbid and anytime we get an Asian American story it's like it's considered um it's considered um, a foreign, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's just people who are not black or white or don't identify as black or white, identify as other as within another minority group, get stuck within this foreign like category, which is so crazy because it really alienates the fact that there are people in America who are not black and white. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, there are people who are actually other minority groups and we're just completely not we're ignoring them on the big screen and sometimes on the small screen, but definitely on the big screen. Um, But yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it was just, um, I I just feel like we're constantly having this issue. And I I was looking at a recent article, I think it was Variety, that was talking to a bunch of um, different kind of coalitions. One was the, um, I think it was either, I think it's the Hispanic Coalition um, and the president was just talking about how, yeah, like he, you know, he was talking about this is, 
you know, not just a black and white issue. We're constantly underserved. We're constantly underrepresented and not even part of the conversation about underrepresentation. And he was also seeing how Latino actors um, also don't, don't often speak up. Like you'll hear John Singleton, Spike Lee, Ava DuVernay, you'll hear a ton of black talent talking about underrepresentation on the big screen, but you don't really hear it as much from the Latino community and especially from the Asian community. However, what I think is happening, because I do see a lot of, a lot of like smaller pockets of people within the Asian and Latino communities who like Gina Rodriguez and even, um, what's his name? Um, um, Ken, Ken Jong are also mm-hmm. not his I'm totally butchered his name. That's not his name, but I'm I'm seeing his face in my head. But <laughs> he is he plays the doctor on the new comedy show, the Asian actor comedian. Yes, yeah, Ken Jeong. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, Ken Okay, all right. Yeah. That's, okay, never mind. <laughs> but um, you hear people like that kind of talking about their experiences as well. And actually, as a matter of fact, New York Times had this really great piece about what does it say? What is how it, what it's like to not be a white male actor in Hollywood. I'll tweet that mm-hmm. out in case you guys missed it. Did you get a chance to look at that, um, Kim? Or did you get a no, chance I haven't to seen that one? one. No, uh-uh. that that was that was pretty great. Um, so it basically <laughs> just like uh, what's her name? Was she know what she is? No, Eva Longoria was there. Was part of it. Um, Mallet, um, Kimberly Pierce. Um, Journey Smollett Bell, um, uh, uh, I want to say Jessica Chastain might have been part of it, but there was a lot of people just kind of talking about, you know, the various experiences that, that, that they've had where, you know, they'll get anything, like Kimberly Pierce was just talking about how she was really concerned that her um, homosexuality was going to be, you know, Hollywood would, would, you know, be very hesitant to work with her. And, you know, she thought that they would be very, you know, homophobic around her and everything. And while mm-hmm. that has been an experience, she said the larger experience was the fact that she was a woman. Um, and that was the, that she felt more discrimination as a woman than she felt as a gay woman, which was interesting. Um, but even like Eva Longoria, who's a showrunner now and has done a lot of other things behind the camera, as well as just writing, um, in front of, as well as being in front of the camera. But she was just talking about how, um, you know, when she's calling the shots and, you know, a lot of the cast or whatever project that she's working on is predominantly male or has a lot of male talent, you know, they, she finds it they find it really difficult to take her seriously. Um, and again, like you said, this is 2016. These are, these are issues that are still happening that are dated from like the 50s. Like I don't understand it. Right. Yeah, this notion that women are just too emotional to do these types of things or, you know, mm-hmm. direct action films and, you know, lead movies. Like it's crazy. It's really insane. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's like clinically, you're insane. <laughs> like I'm sorry, there's no other way to say you are in, but it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was looking at um, another article, and they were talking about you know how when the nominations came out and then Oscar So White kind of reemerged, and they were talking to this one guy, and he was like, you know, he didn't think that the Academy was racist. It's just you know they're a bunch of older white men, and of course they're not going to go see you straight out of Compton. And I was like, well, why aren't they going to see straight out of Compton other than right. the fact that they were being racist because they didn't want to see a movie with black people or a movie with young black people or a movie with rabbit. Like, he didn't even, like, realize, like, what he was saying himself sounded mm-hmm. hella racist to me. <laughs> you know? Like, no, yeah. no, no, they're not racist. They're just not going to go see some black people in a film. That's it. <laughs> but they're totally not racist. No, 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 no. That's not it. It's just it is, really crazy it is because, like, people don't even, right, people don't even understand what they're doing or see what they're doing or see that their justifications for not mm-hmm. being racist are, in fact, racist. Yeah, it's this casual racism that is 
hurting the community of actors and, mm-hmm. you know, saying things like that, like, oh, you know, it's like if they see a bunch of black people in the movie or a bunch of Latino Latinos in a movie, they're just like, oh, that's for the Latino community. Oh, that's for the black community. No, this is for, I don't understand how for a, a bunch of white people in a movie is for everybody and a bunch of black people in the movie is just for black people. Like that is right. ridiculous. Um, right, it's and that a, whole notion of not being racist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just um, another thing that I think people are starting to really start to talk about a little bit is the um, idea that there's so much else at play here. It's not just an Oscar thing. Um, it's not just a you know, um, casting director or studio thing, it's the critics. And I, critics are so influential because I, you know, I, I have a lot of critics friends and I follow a lot of critics online on social media and I see what they're talking about. Even so the buzz starts happening around this time, like right after Sundance, like, of course we heard a ton of things about the birth of the nation. This is about that time when, like people start to forecast or try to forecast what's going on next year, like what's going to be the climate, what's going to be the awards climate for next year. And so the conversations start happening now. And then people who might not be embedded within the critics community will see things like this and they'll constantly see this narrative repeated constantly. Oh, birth of a nation or, Oh, um, the revenant. Those are the movies that they'll that are constantly going to be in their mind. So those are the movies that they're going to see. So that the critics um, are influencing the audience, and the critics are also not supporting a lot of movies that feature talent of color. That's that's just a fact. I don't understand that. But that's also, you know, going back to the casting directors, the um, academy, the studios. It's it's all problematic, and, and I feel like it's the, everyone's working together to um, perpetuate the Hollywood racist regime, <laughs> and, and that's what <laughs> was bothering me. Um, and I, like, I've seen a lot of critics say, "Oh, is this a status quo? This is what it is." It doesn't have to be that way, though. Right. Um, that's that's what I'm 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 struggling with. I'm just like, like you can change that. You are actually in a place, in a position of agency where you can actually change the conversation, but you're not. And that, and mm-hmm. that's also part of, you know, a lot of critics are just like, this is another thing. So a lot of critics will agree with each other or pretend to agree with each other, even though, like, say, and I, and I love The Revenant, but say um, one person, like, from New York Times and Washington Journal and all these, like, really... Um, higher-ranking media outlets said that they loved The Revenant, so that's like five, six people. And then, like, everyone else, since they said that, they're just like, okay, that's golden. We're all going to just jump on that bandwagon and say that that was an amazing movie, even though I didn't really think that. But it's just like you just want – it's just weird. It's like this this status quo opinion-based thinking where, where everybody just feels um, – feels that they have to agree with each other. And so when somebody else doesn't agree, like oftentimes we have a lot of really great vocal women's critics and they'll come out, they're women critics and they'll come out and they'll say, oh, that movie was not good or oh, this movie was good and you guys panned it, you know, what's up with that, blah, blah, blah. It's seen as going against the grain when actually there's probably other people who feel the same way, but they are too they're too coward to actually mm-hmm. to to actually have a genuine opinion. They're just going with whatever has already been said. So it's just again, it's just I'm trying to illustrate this this larger problem that we're experiencing and that's repeated every single year. Um, that's kind of like what we were talking about earlier about um, Spotlight this year. How everyone was talking mm-hmm. about Spotlight, which is so great. Spotlight was just amazing. Spotlight is you know Academy mm-hmm. caliber, and I watched it today. I liked it. You know, it was solid. It was decent. It wasn't amazing. And I'm like sitting here waiting for it to get amazing. Like where's the part where they just get all 
oscar and Beats and all this other stuff is going to happen, and I'm sitting, and I'm waiting, and then the credits start rolling. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, so all of that, I just I just missed. So, like, who decided that this was the film? Like, this was it because I completely missed it completely. It was crazy. But, yeah. I know. We had, I know Rebecca and I kind of split on this because she loved the movie, but I was just like, eh, I didn't hate it. It's definitely not a bad movie. It just seemed like a story I've I've seen before. Um, so I, I didn't really feel like I was really learning anything. I mean, you know, as you and I were talking about earlier, we've seen movies that dealt with themes of molestation in the Catholic Church. That's not a groundbreaking story. And I've seen, I personally have seen far better journalism movies. But this one's not bad. It's just, you know, if we're really putting this within the context of Oscar-worthy, that's when I have to really look at this real critically. I'm just like, wait a minute. <laughs> what, what am I missing? Like, if this wasn't nominated for an Oscar, I would be fine with having seen it and just like, okay, whatever. But now we're putting it in within this context. I'm just like, okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> this is not. <laughs> this is not that. Um, right. And like for me, like I would have rather seen a film, say Creed, get a little Oscar love, not because, you know, there's there are black people in it or there's a black director, because it was a better movie to me. Like they're both good movies. I thought Creed was better. I was entertained the entire time. I wasn't looking at my watch waiting for that big moment of Creed. Like I was engrossed in the film. But it happened with me in Spotlight, you know? But mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. It I even say straight out of Compton. I mean, I yeah. I really enjoyed Straight Out of Compton. I thought it was very well done. Um, it's interesting. There was an earlier conversation, probably a couple of weeks ago, that said I guess a couple of white critics were saying that oh, you know, the the reason Straight Out of Compton didn't get more awards love is because some people see it as anti-white, and I'm like, what? like explain (laughs) and so and what it's so crazy and so I was just like what are you talking about and is this a thing is this something that people have been saying and so apparently yeah people have been saying that it's 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 anti-white it's not it's it's just not a digestible movie and I'm like what I mean what about what's the name of that movie with um Name? Edward Norton. Um, oh gosh, you guys know what I'm talking about. Edward Norton. He played. He played. Um, what do you call those people? Um, um, he played a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. You know the movie. Um, about? Um, I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, American History X. I just had to look it up. Okay. Yeah, okay. Which is one of the most anti-black movies ever. <laughs> it's a very it's a very well done movie, but it's not digestible. If we're if we're going within that logic, it is definitely not a digestible movie. Right. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. I think people again are um, are very uneasy with um, minority actors, minority talent, really becoming the hero in their own story. Mm-hmm. And taking a stand against injustice is not something that people are are comfortable with. Um, and that's problematic in, in itself. I mean, we talked about that on our live tweet last week about race. Um, the Jackie, I mean, the Jesse Owens movie, which, again, he was, it was almost like he was watching the action happen around him in his own movie. It was like everything else was, he was the least interesting person in that movie, and that's so crazy. It was like they were trying to make his story interesting, but the only way they could know how to do it is to put all these other plots and other characters in it to 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 kind of muffle Jesse's actual story. This is so problematic to me. I just don't understand how this is accepted. Yeah, it's, um, it kind of reminds me of that um, Saturday Night Live skit that they did um, mm. kind of after the Oscars so white where it was like, you know, all these movies and like random white guy in the back gets the nomination and this <laughs> random white guy over here, you know, and guy number three gets nominated and it's like clearly all these black actors in the film and you choose to focus on that. 
that guy over there <laughs> right. who has two lines and no name. Okay. All right. Sure. We'll go with that. Or in the third next thing, you know how they're talking about Creed, how, you know, Sylvester Stallone is the only person in Creed who is getting any type of, you know, nomination love. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Sylvester Stallone mm-hmm. won, too. You're the only one? Okay. Right. But um kinda like um you were talking about how they they were calling um straight out of Compton anti white. I was reading on well on Twitter of course and they were talking about how people are boycotting blackish for the episode they had this week. Did you see it? The um kind of black yeah. lives matter episode. Yeah, they didn't say anything about hating white people and not liking white people. It was a very specific mm-hmm. situation going on in this episode that I did not perceive to be anti-white, but it's funny how anything that's kind of pro-black is automatically seen as anti-white. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. really, it's, it's a problem. That, it, it's a problem. That is so problematic. I did not hear about that one. That's really problematic. I mean, it's such, I mean, Blackish is def- is a very digestible show. Is it? But it also is very honest about politics within the workplace, politics within your neighborhood. It's it's very real about what's going on in modern society and in this mm-hmm. quote unquote post racial era <laughs> that we're supposedly right. in. And so it addresses that. And so I thought it was a really smart episode. I thought it actually reminded me of. Um, uh, what's that episode? I don't remember any. Actually, it was because most every episode was like this, but A Different World, which I thought tackled a lot of really great political issues, or it tackled, uh-huh. it greatly tackled a lot of really um, profound political um, events that occurred both prior to the setting of A Different World and as A Different World was being what was on the air. So it really did that very smartly within this educational context. And I thought that Blackish, it reminded me a little bit, like Blackish was kind of taking um, a page from their notebook because I felt like that was very indicative of something that I thought that a different world would have done back in their day. Um, But, yeah, I don't, it's very interesting. But I have to ask, did you watch um, Spirit Awards last night? Which one? Oh, the Spirit Awards. I saw some of it. I haven't seen all of it yet. Oh, guys, definitely watch it. It was it was a really good show. Um, Kate McKinnon and oh man, why do I always mess up his name? I'm doing very badly with names today. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up because I'm I'm very embarrassed. Let me look it up. Um, uh, his name is oh, Kamal Kamal Nanjiani. Nanjiani. Okay. I uh-huh. think that's Nanjiani. Yes, that is. Kumail Nanjiani. Um, he, so they were fantastic. Um, one, he's a Pakistani host, and she is a white gay um, host, female. Um, so they kind of talked a little bit about that and what it, what, it, what it looks like when we talk about diversity and inclusion, and they were kind of two prime examples of, of that. Um Maya Taylor, who, and I know you and I agree about Tangerine. <laughs> right. <laughs> but she she did win um, the first transgender actress to ever win an Independent Spirit Award. But she um, won for her role in Tangerine. She had a really great speech. Um, it was kind of one of those moments where it was like, oh, that was a really great speech. Oh, I hated that movie. <laughs> But you deserve an award for making it through that movie. So yeah, (laughs) right. Like that was like, what is happening? She hands down was the best part of that movie. No contest. Yeah, I I don't. I I don't remember. I don't think anybody was really good in that movie. If we're really being honest, like I don't remember. There wasn't like a scene where it was like, oh, that was such a great scene. Like, I don't feel that about any of the scenes. I feel like watching her was the only moment where I was not convinced that I was watching Jerry Springer. 
And, like, I feel like, okay, this is a movie. It might not be a great movie, but it's a movie. Oh, wait, no, this is Jerry Springer <laughs> streaming on Netflix for some reason. Okay, okay, now watching the movie, and we're back to Jerry Springer. Okay, sure. Yeah, it was, that was, it was a struggle. And I wanted to love it for so many mm-hmm. reasons. Like, I wanted to. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to change my life, and it did not at all. <laughs> Yeah, and I think so. your Jerry Springer reference is so on point because I'm just like, wait, she spent the entire movie trying to find her man who she think played her. That is the mm-hmm. story. That's the actual mm-hmm. plot of this movie. So, right. yeah. And we're giving you air quotes on plot. <laughs> we're giving you right. heavy air quotes on plot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I just want to keep it in perspective. I'm just like, there's nothing. Nothing else happens in this movie. They have many arguments. They're out here on the street, just bugging out, looking mm-hmm. for her man, who she thinks played her. That's the story, right. beginning and end. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I I really loved her speech. She she's very endearing. She um really kind of talked about. She, she, it was it was a very classy acknowledgement of the fact that hey you know transgender actresses or transgender actors in general um, are beautiful or talented and need to be cast. Um, mm-hmm. So I that was great. I also thought she, like she was like visibly nervous and she even said it like I like it, it was a very endearing speech. Um, that's all I can say. <laughs> about that um but it made me think because we were talking about spotlight earlier and that kind of swept so many different awards i mean it swept like uh best writing i believe as well as best movie and i was just like what (laughs) you know um it was just crazy. I mean, and I know we had talked to um, Jennifer Fang, who directed Advantageous, which lost out last night. So I was really, yeah. I was really disappointed because I love that movie. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, what else was a highlight? Oh, Idris Elba and Abraham Atta won. Um, I did not love Beasts of No Nation, but I loved Abraham Atta in it. He and he got up on the stage and he's in his little suit and he was so classy, so classy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Brie Larson won and awesome. you know super well deserved. Emma Donahue won again, very super, very well deserved. Um, and she had a really um, really great speech too. Also, I didn't realize that she um, was gay. Is gay. Um, but yeah, she, you know, talked, you know, she gave a shout out to her partner and was just talking kind of a little bit about the genesis of room. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just genuinely, genuinely fascinated by everything room. Mm-hmm. I, am too. I loved it. <laughs> loved it. The book was great. The movie was great. Bree is great. Jacob is great. It's just the whole thing. It's just a great yeah. film. Yeah, it's. I always. I also think it's really cool that we had two really great performances by two young actors this year, um, Abraham Attar and Jacob Jacob Tremblay, um, mm-hmm. who I mean, both of them are just so amazing in their roles and so very different. Um, so I just wanted to give a shout out there because we never usually when it comes to like younger actors, just like oh they're cute and that's that's it like. These right. actors, these young young people actually did the damn thing. They weren't just cute, they like they were really good. Yeah. So. Yeah, kids are usually a little cringeworthy and you don't want to say anything bad because they're like not eighteen and I'm not gonna be that bully, but yeah. It's really right. refreshing when you see two that really like knock it out of the park. Like legit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think either of them, and I think I might have said this before on, on like I definitely said it on my blog, but I think that either of them could have easily taken a place out of any of the actual supporting actor nominees. Uh, well, actually, Abraham Atah is leading actor in Visa Donation, but, but they'd probably put him in supporting because that's how Hollywood <laughs> does things. But 
Right. Um, Jacob Tremblay is supporting, and he definitely could have replaced any any of those guys that are that are except Tom Hardy because he's great in the Revenant. He's so so great <laughs> yeah. in the Revenant, actually. He is. Yes. Um, did you see the Essence Black Women in Hollywood um, Awards last night? Oh wait, that was no, I didn't. I did not see that. Yes, that was last night. And so I know I, on Twitter and everywhere, on Instagram, people, anywhere that people will listen, have been saying that someone needs to acknowledge the greatness that is Tracy Ellis Ross because yes. she is so funny, so talented, and just so good. And so last night she got the Fierce and, um, no, what is it, the uh, Fierce and Fearless Award from the mm-hmm. Essence Black Women in Hollywood. And she had this really great speech um, because I guess earlier in the week she had lost her voice and wasn't really sure she was going to be able to make it to the ceremony and all this stuff and just had this, you know, wonderful epiphany about how she is more than her voice and just about, you know, loving herself and her self-worth. She had me all teary-eyed. And her sister, Rhonda Ross, presented her award and, like, her other sister and her brothers were there and her dad was there. It was a really great moment. Um, They also gave an award to Nima Shaw, who's an entertainment lawyer, and, you know, people mm-hmm. had really great things to say about her as well. And um, she talked about, you know, how if you want to be an empowered woman, you kind of have to empower other women, which I really kind of love that that sentiment, mm-hmm. that thought about, you know, just kind of sticking together because, yeah. um, you know, we kind of talked about it before. They always try to pit women against each other for any mm-hmm. and everything, you know, even down to these basic, you know, who wore best things on E and all that mm-hmm. other kind of crap. But, um, yeah, she just kind of talked about, you know, you have to, you know, empower other women. If you're a white man, you know, empower women because, you know, not because of anything in particular, just because it's, you know, it's okay to to empower women and support women in this industry and things like that. And then they also gave um, Debbie Allen the Legend Award because she is the legend of all legends. Um, She is Debbie Allen. Yeah, she is Debbie Allen. Um, It was just a really good show. Um, really cool to see all these women of color in the room kind of supporting each other and loving each other. And just, um, this is really cool to see that. And it was a televised, I think, on OWN. Yes, this is on OWN. Um, so, yeah, oh, really good one. So I watched that and I DVR'd the Spirit Awards. So I haven't seen all the Spirit Awards yet, so I'm going to catch up on that eventually. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I don't know why I missed that, or maybe I don't know what happened, but I do remember a lot of people were talking about, um, just like I was reading a lot of Alfred Wooded um stories, uh, because you know she does her annual like, um, Black and well Minority Women of Hollywood luncheon thing that she yeah, does. Yeah, her sister's soiree. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was really good. I know Rosario Dawson was there and um uh, uh Gabrielle Union and and so I'm glad that there's there are these spaces where um not coincidentally Oscar weekend where they are still celebrated, particularly among women. Because as I mm-hmm. always say, um, you know, minority men are definitely you know also still marginalized but women get it worse than anybody (laughs) you know right um so i'm glad that they have these spaces where we can just celebrate each other because that 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 you know we we are often pitted against each other especially since you know there's this sentiment like oh there can only be one and in hollywood that's often true there can be only only one they only allow one person at a time and of course it's going to create that probably does create genuine rivalry but um so anyway all that to say that i'm really glad that these spaces still continue but um i did not want to miss um before we get we let you guys go at six um our film forecasts of for the fall for this year actually for the remainder of this year so i'm going to throw this to you kim what um, films you're looking at that kind of have this or that you think have like a diversity angle and why you have them on your list. Okay. So at the beginning of the year, we kind of talked about, you know, what we wanted to see in the upcoming year and all of that stuff. And I was just like, I want to see better movies because I wasn't really inclined to actually go to the theater, like leave my house. Like I watch a lot of stuff on demand, watch a lot of stuff on Netflix, but to leave my house mm-hmm. to go to the theater Sadly, I don't really, I haven't really seen a lot of things that I'm like, 
overwhelmed about so far. Um, mm. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Birth of a Nation, of course, out of Sundance. Everyone is talking about this film, and mm-hmm. I too am super excited mm-hmm. to see that. Um, mm-hmm. Nate Parker is so talented, and mm-hmm. just as an actor, you know, what I've seen from him as an actor. So I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see what he does when he's acting and directing and writing and producing yeah. and um, fundraising all the money for this and all the stuff that he has done. Do the damn thing, made. yes. Right, this is like his passion project, clearly. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. the buzz around it is really good for everyone involved with it, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, mm-hmm. The movie, the, um, what is it, Southside with You with Tika Sumter mm-hmm. and the actor whose name I do not know, but it's kind of like their mm-hmm. retelling of the first date of Barack and Michelle Obama Um Really interested to see that. I love Tika Summer. She's like one of my faves. I watched mm-hmm. her back when she was on the soap opera, When I to Live. You know, we're Twitter mm-hmm. homies, so basically we're like family. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, really excited to see that. Um, I was kind of on the fence about this whole Ghostbusters remake, but I like mm-hmm. funny people, and this movie has a lot of funny people in it. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. that it'll really be good. Um, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Leslie Jones is one that's kind of growing on me. You know, she's on Saturday Night Live. I think they hired her as a writer first, and now she does, you know, some stuff on camera. She is mm-hmm. kind of insane, but there's something yeah. about her that I oh, kind of like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. So I'm kind of interested to see how this whole cast works out. And I like Kate McKinnon as well and, you know, Kristen mm-hmm. Wiig. So I do want to see that. Um. For purely aesthetic reasons, I want to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson in Central Intelligence. He's in it with Kevin oh. Hart, so it'll probably be funny because Kevin Hart is just hilarious for no reason, and The Rock is gorgeous, so it seems like, you know, a really good team there. Um, what else did I have on my list? Uh, I'm on the fence about this Barbershop remake or mm. next film, whatever. Because the first, mm-hmm. I like the first one. I don't remember the second one, so that's probably not a good thing. <laughs> that I actually don't, mm-hmm. don't remember it at all. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Let's see what else. Did I have anything else? That's really all that I came up with. Like I said, I haven't been overly moved by anything. So hopefully mm-hmm. as the year progresses, there will be more things that I am drawn to. But we'll see. Yeah. Um, so there, it's it's funny because I was looking at I looked at everything that was at least on the schedule for this year, um, and not and of course we're not talking about just strictly movies that we want to see, which is a different different list. But this is just movies that we want to see that actually has people of color in it. And so mm-hmm. one, it was hard for me to even find people of color in some in a lot of these movies I'm like, uh, is there somebody in this movie? Um it's interesting. So I got an um an email from um the publicist for Baywatch, um the upcoming Baywatch movie you mentioned Dwayne Johnson. And so um he is in the upcoming Baywatch movie, um, starring in it and uh so what was I gonna say? So you know, he's going to be on the beach. That, that means there's going to be a lot of eye candy with him. Um, there's right. also, uh, let's see, um, Priyanka Chopra is, is in it, which I did not realize. And it's mm-hmm. Anash Hadera, who's right now starring on Billions, um, but she previously was on was in Chirac. Um, she is in it as well. So there are actually two, at least two, uh, women of color, including Dwayne Johnson in Baywatch. Um, I'm not telling you to watch it. I'm just saying that there are <laughs> uh, there are people of color in it. <laughs> so, so I I you know I wrote a post about it a couple of days ago. I was just like, oh, I didn't realize that this was this diverse. You know, I when I think of Baywatch, I just think of like big boobed Pam Anderson just jumping on the beach, and I thought that was just the plot the entire plot of, of the right. of the franchise. But <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably not gonna go near it unless the trailer <laughs> is like really something else, but you know, let's not hold out hope for that. Um 
there is I want to I have Captain America on here and I'm trying to remember does that actually have um a person of color in it. Oh, Captain America Civil War. Why do I think this is um I don't know. Maybe I'm not thinking. Okay. Yep, definitely not the same movie. Never mind. Forget that. <laughs> uh Suicide Squad because I really want to see Will Smith in a super superhero movie like this cuz I, mm-hmm. I like I don't really know much about his character in Suicide Squad, but I just I'm just really interested to see him in something that I'm not expecting him to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have Birth of a Nation. Um, I I have mixed feelings about Birth of a Nation, but I haven't seen the movie obviously, so I I I, I don't I don't have an opinion on the actual movie itself. But it I'm because I love Nate Parker and because I really like a friend of the show, Asian Naomi King. On, mm-hmm. um, I definitely want to support them in the movie, um, and just also because I'm glad that we're all finally talking about Nate Parker. Like I feel like I've been talking about him since the Great Debaters, and I'm always saying, "Wait, but what about Nate Parker? Wait, well, what about Nate Parker?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm glad that he's finally part of our everyday vernacular. But um, yeah, I just I just hope that I'll say this: I hope that the Birth of a Nation isn't the only movie where people of color in it that actually get some attention. I'll leave it at that. Right. <laughs> because right. <laughs> it's starting to become a trend that only certain mm-hmm. narratives are celebrated while other narratives are ignored. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've been hearing some things about this movie, um, but I don't even know if it's still happening, but apparently Kevin Hart is going that, going to do another comedy Concert film. Um, Have you heard anything about that? I think it is coming. I feel like I may have seen something when I went to go see Ride Along too. Don't judge me for that one. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I feel like there might be. (laughs) I told you I love Tika Sumter. I will go see whatever she's in. (laughs) Yeah, um, yeah. I think there is something else coming out. Yeah, it's like on a. I want to say like a football field or something like that. Like this large football feel like the only comedy tour on us. I feel like that's the angle they were throwing at us, but I have to look back at that, yeah. How about that? Yeah. Excuse me. Okay. So there's that. <laughs> um <laughs> and I just I just loved him on stage. I think he's hilarious stand up in stand up. Um what is this? Oh um, Eyes of My Mother, which is a movie that um, I believe was at Sundance. Yeah, it was at Sundance, and I've started getting information about it um, since it de- since it had its debut, and it had and it was met with pretty um, pretty positive reviews. So this is a um, film that I believe is um, in Portuguese and mm-hmm. is part drama. Part, um, it's part drama, part like horror, but it's very, it's more goth than like traditional horror. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, um, what is that movie? It's the movie with Tom Hiddleston, Jessica Chastain. Oh, why can't I think of it? But that was a goth romance where it wasn't so much horror as it was mostly just like really dark type of context. Um, but was a young girl whose mother was like a she it was like a mortician or she she dealt with death a lot and she she actually passed away and then her daughter became very um fascinated by death and that's the only kind of premise I know about it but it, I thought it was really intriguing when I was reading about it so I am hoping that gets picked up I actually don't even know if that got picked up but if it did, it'll be sometime this year, and it'll probably be in the indie circuit because it's foreign, and that's where foreign movies tend to go. <laughs> <Right>. um, <laughs> uh, so I think that's all that's on my list. And I was gonna, I was gonna mention something else. Oh wait, what about the Magnificent Seven? Oh yes, and I was gonna ask you too. 
the best man wedding. Is that 2016 or is that 2017? I have you know? not heard about it for this year. Okay, so it's probably 17. All right. Yeah. Is it? Yes. Is everyone? Is, it, is everyone like signed on? Everyone's coming back. I think so. I think it's it's coming. I just don't know when. <laughs> yeah. Well, Magnificent Seven is supposedly um, where is it coming out September twenty third. Um, and that, of course, is the remake starring Denzel Washington. He is yeah, actually starring Denzel Washington, directed by Antoine Fuqua. Perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, already I'm like, yeah, sign me up for whatever that is. <laughs> right, ticket already purchased, ready for it. <laughs> um, so I think that is that. Um. Any last minute, um, or yeah, last five minute thoughts, suggestions, um, anything, opinions about tonight or else <laughs> about tonight? You know, <laughs> I'm just here to see Chris Rock kill it because yeah. I feel like he's going to bring it so hard. I want to see Bree and Leo win. Although yeah. the idea of calling him Leo Lucci, which was just introduced to me, is kind of hilarious. But I'm going to let it go because he really deserves this win. <laughs> let my silly little joke go because I think it's hilarious. Um, he really deserves to win. I would love to see Room win for Best Picture. Yeah, so, yeah that, that's that's all I'm that's all I'm rooting for. Anything else is whatever. <laughs> I am definitely rooting for room. I'm I'm also rooting for I'm rooting for anything room is in the category of like everything. Um right. including Emma Donahue and Lenny and the movie and Brie. I want all of them to win everything. <laughs> um um also the I mean I it's yeah, the revenant, I wouldn't be mad about that either. Um because that's also a great movie. Um Mad Max, I would love if if Mad the only so I would allow Room to get beaten by Mad Max and that's it, <laughs> like that's the only thing it can be beaten by because that would be so epic to see George Miller and it's like those bun- those people up on stage that would have been because I'm always talking about you know just the exclusion of genre in most of these types of conversations and I'm so glad that it it actually made it all the way to getting a best film nomination um so that would be amazing um i cannot wait for chris rock <laughs> like i want him to because i know like i've seen all chris rock stand-up specials i have seen you know i just thought i think he's still to this day one of our smartest comedians ever um, yeah. And he has a really great way of fusing pop culture with politics and Hollywood, and has no he he does he does not care <laughs> like he he'll just he'll just keep it really really real. And I love that somebody was just talking um, uh, Reginald Reginald Hodlin, who is the producer of this year's um, Oscars. He was talking about how, because, you know, I guess people have been asking him, oh, what is Chris Rock going to do, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we have no idea. He has scrapped (laughs) his original material and gone rogue. (laughs) And so that excites me to a level I can't (laughs) even describe right now. Right. (laughs) Yes, a rogue Chris Rock. I'm here for it. I am so here for it. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, he hasn't even told the producer what he's going to say. That's epic. I love it. I'm already signed up. Let's do this. <laughs> yes, DVR set. <laughs> love so it. That, that's um, what I have to say. Um, anybody else? Um, That's it. I mean, you know. Yeah, Room and Mad Max and Tom Hardy. I would love to actually see Tom Hardy win. That would be amazing to me. Yeah, I would not be mad at that. I would not be mad. Yeah, he no, was no. crazy in The Revenant. Very. <laughs> Very, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, people people aren't talking about him, but he was he was in it too, guys. He was in he that was. movie too. Right, he was there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm sure the red carpet is probably about to kick off as we speak. It is so. Starts pretty early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to cut short. Um. So thank you guys all for listening, and we'll see and follow us. All on the